Hi, hey, hello everybody, FLTJ here, bringing you Leeds 2, Brighton 2. The rather anomalous game, at least from a Brighton perspective, saw two sides come up with a relatively fair draw, to be honest, giving full credit to Leeds for what they do best, at least in a more pragmatic manner, while also looking at how Solly March in particular should have had a goal here, but really crediting the overall system of Brighton's taking advantage and adapting to Leeds' weaknesses in particular. Leeds United, who finally has decided to rest Western McKenney, putting him on the bench as they reverted to their usual 4-2-3-1 formation. This meant that Jack Harrison, for once, does not have to retreat all the way into deep midfield properly occupying the left flank, using Aronson in central attacking midfield to also supplement their pressure in midfield areas. The key catalyst of most of their counter-attacks involved dispossessing Brighton midfielders as we would expect, but really Bright sorry, Leeds did this in an extremely street-smart manner. First and foremost, it has to be said that Leeds Midfielders in particular, Mark Roca and Tyler Adams, are most certainly suited to defending on the front foot where they basically rush in behind opposition midfielders and then dispossessing them off the ball using their pace rather than their tackling. This occurred a couple of times in the opening 10 minutes as Mark Roca initially started by marking out Pascal Grob. Now this of course was helped by the fact that Mark Roca did not have anybody specific to mark in the first place as his wingers, sorry, his fullbacks were marking Brighton's wingers, while Tyler Adams, his colleague, was marking McAllister. So his proactiveness stepping into attacking midfield certainly deserves the plaudits as he instigated some of Leeds' early attacks. Furthermore, as they continued to bomb down that left half space, we saw Aronson drift out that way. Jack Harrison create Bamford's equaliser, and so on. Now that being said, I think none of us would be interested in a Leeds attacker, but rather we are more interested in what Leeds also have in terms of flaws. The soft tackling issue has been long exposed by the likes of Man United and just dribblers in general. So here, it was no surprise that the likes of Kaoru Mitoma, no, actually sorry, Literally any Brighton attacker exposed their soft underbelly of just not being able to adjust their tackling preferences to outrightly win the ball. We saw multiple instances in the second half in particular where there were multiple midfielders that attempted to crowd out the likes of Welbeck, McAllister, as well as Solly March. All unsuccessful. The alternative, extremely rough tackling, which actually led to an extended injury treatment for McAllister somewhere around the 55th minute that scuppered their momentum. And eventually, if you look at the build-up prior to that Solly March goal, I think it was Mark Roca that put in like a dangerous two-footed sliding tackle on Solly March himself prior to that build-up. And this just reflects the state of Leeds tackling at the moment, either not being able to win the ball or resulting to extremely dangerous methods to win the ball back. Now that being said, 
Leeds are starting to come up with little mini players of their own to attempt and mount comebacks, so they do not remain a side to be underestimated in terms of keeping clean sheets. Willignanto as a plan B once again was part of the plan that came up with Jack Harrison's equaliser from that legendary corner. But at this stage, buying Leeds is an extremely difficult task really as the, it's almost impossible to displace the content creator's choice of template fc that is right now full of brentford as well as brighton midfielders and attackers we should make a footnote though that the left flank creates for the right as we continue to see jack harrison and once in a while junior furpo create for our favorites from the right side luke ailing Brighton, whose 4-2-3-1 needs no explanation, perhaps only for the case of Joel Veltman who came in for the injured Tarek Lemty. At right back, his job was not only to hold with, in fact, I rarely recall Veltman actually bombing down the right side, but really his job was to move into central midfield so that Pascal Grob sorry Pascal Gross could move into advanced areas. Now the key here was the link between the back four slash back five and the front five because their usual deserby S's did were basically not required. Leeds did not have a systematic press on Brighton's back five, which meant that they did not require an attacking midfielder to drop into defensive positions. Moises Casado was constantly harried by Leeds pressure, but really the idea here was that they did not require McAllister because McAllister was basically not really watched by Tyler Adams in the first place. So the direct connection between the back five and the front five was relatively well established and this instigated a lot of direct attacks centrally itself from the get-go. The beneficiaries here were initially the right flank where Solimaj and Pascal Gross continued to receive the ball with the freedom to attack their respective opponents. While Solimaj bullied Luke Ailing a couple of times, he eventually drifted across the pitch to set up Mitoma as well as Tupinian and this trend basically continued into the second half where they either had the right side create for the left for Mitoma and co. If not, the left would hold the ball for a little bit longer in order for Estupinian to bomb forward and provide cutbacks for the likes of Ferguson. Now perhaps by coincidence or otherwise, Brighton's momentum here suffered hugely first in the second half particularly when they took the lead. First and foremost, the McAllister so-called injury cut a lot of their initial momentum going forward. And Thereafter, taking the lead, a whole swath of substitutions, not only involving their team, but also Leeds, basically turned the game in Leeds' favour and allowing Leeds to basically step up a gear. That being said, Brighton did not even need to play on the counter as they still had possession of their own, involving the likes of Welbeck beating two men in order to create big chances for himself. So really, we do have to put it down somewhat to the profligacy of their forwards in not killing the game off before Leeds had their equaliser. Now for FPL purposes, I think it goes without saying that either one flank can create for either as we saw March create for Mitoma plenty on 
for early chances while in the second half Mitoma finally repaid the favour for Matches ghost goal and at the same time for Evan Ferguson as well. The question just comes down to timing as <clears throat> previously Mitoma would dominate chances early game while March was a guy who grew in presence throughout the second half. The role seems to have reversed as Pascal Gross now as deep midfielder tends to bomb down the right side to enable Soli March. This is a crucial tactical switch as McAllister, permanently now as the number 10, would drift into so-called second striker positions to take advantage. So essentially, when you look at Brighton for FPL purposes, you are just asking yourself the question, would you rather buy an influential supplier such as Solimarch, or would you rather go double heavy investment into finishers such as Mitoma as well as McAllister? A lot of people in FPL Twitter have mentioned now that Double game weeks remain underrated as the likes of Brighton and Cole actually delivered more heavily against Crystal Palace, which we will mention later on, rather than this game itself. That being said though, truly it is Brighton themselves that are being underrated as they provide similar value, if not better, than the triple Arsenal attacking midfield that currently tops the FPL charts in terms of raw score. So the question just comes down to how you balance these Arsenal and Brighton assets in midfield while having enough premium players across the pitch as big at the back remains dead while we continue to rely on the Haaland-Kane combo up front. This is FPL teacher who will aim to review Brighton's second game as well as quickly as possible.